You're listening to From the Midlands, the stories of people making a difference across the region. Our presenter is Gail Downey. On this episode of From the Midlands, we'll be looking at a charity project which helps combat loneliness. More of us are living on our own. And if you're retired or you can't work, you don't even have the social connection of colleagues on a daily basis. Jess Day Pollard runs Good Neighbours Coventry, a befriending service which helps tackle the problem of isolation and loneliness. Hello, Jess. Hi. Tell us how this project came about. So in 2016, uh, the churches in Coventry came together uh, to run another project uh, as a group because we're better working together as a community, and that project is Good Neighbours Coventry. The idea was that the Coventry City Council had identified a significant issue with isolated older people in Coventry. Indeed, one in ten of them were visiting their GP just because they were lonely and had no one else to chat to. So the idea was that the churches would bring together people of all faiths and none to be befrienders and to help people connect with their local community and groups in different ways. And why are so many people lonely, do you think? So I think you've hit the nail on the head with um, people living alone. For um, many people, that's a a big issue because they're not getting the day-to-day contact with people, even little interactions. But also they're not getting meaningful interactions. Even if you can go to the corner shop, it's nice to see a face, but you're not having a meaningful conversation about your day and how you're feeling with that person. It's just a transactional issue. I think also um, with significant health problems exacerbated by the pandemic as well, more people are unwell and unable to go out to groups and to access different social activities. And um, families we know are more fractured statistically now than they were some years back. And people have fewer children, so there's less of a familial connection to rely on. So there are loads of different reasons why people are lonely and loneliness is growing. And as you said, it's not just older people. It can be people who may have a disability or for whatever reason, even long COVID, that they feel that they don't want to go out. They want to stay indoors and they're looking at the same four walls all the time. Absolutely. So um, as part of the project, one of our aims really is to get younger people involved too, because we know that loneliness is not just an over 50s issue. So if people are younger and feeling isolated, like they don't have a meaningful friendship with people, then they can become befrienders themselves if they're mobile. So it's a two way interaction with an older person. It's meaningful and fulfilling for both sides. So being a befriender as well as being befriended is good for both parties. Absolutely. We know that volunteering generally is excellent for people's mental well-being. Um, It's also good for their physical well-being. And generally having routines for people is really positive. So to have that meaningful interaction as a volunteer is just as beneficial as for the older person. And we get that feedback through uh, surveys and quotes from our befrienders. They say the friendship is benefiting them just as much. And as human beings, how does it affect us if we 
perhaps don't see anybody for a few days, don't get to speak to anybody. So statistically speaking, loneliness is as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes per day. It seriously puts pressure on your heart and circulatory system. Um, It's bad for your physical general health as well as your uh, anxiety levels and depression levels. So it's hugely impactful to not go uh, days without speaking to people. I know we're going to be speaking to a couple, one's a befriender and one who's been befriended as part of this programme. What made you get involved? It was logistically actually that I had just finished teaching and was looking for something different and this came about and I thought actually there is a huge need in the local area for a project like this and wouldn't it be great to make sure that that happens? The idea was that it would just run for a year and we would help 60 people. And the fact that we're now still here uh, in 2023 and we're about 3,000 older people later just shows you the great need, which is also really sad. Of course, we'd rather not exist as a charity project because we would want everybody to have made their own friends but we know that we are making a difference by intervening in this way. Some people may say, hold on a minute, surely people can go out and make friends, join coffee clubs, book clubs, and and all of that kind of thing. Why on earth would a service like this be needed? So for those who are physically able to go out, we do recommend that they go out, but so many people are digitally excluded. They simply have no idea what's available in their local area. So a huge part of our work is preparing paper activity guides so that we can present people with uh, full information of what's available locally to them, what the bus stops are, how to get there, what the time of the activity is, and so that they can use that to get involved. We know that significant numbers of people lack confidence in getting involved that first time, so we do uh, assist with a bit of hand-holding to go to access groups for a couple of times so that they get used to seeing people and speaking to people. But then the main intervention that we do um, for time-intensive work, I suppose, is for people who are housebound, and that's the reason they're not getting out, because they physically can't. So there's no way of them making friends with others because they can't use the internet and they can't leave the house. And so you're obviously looking for volunteers, and as you said, younger volunteers as well. How is that going, given that we know that there's a decrease generally for charities in getting people who've got the time or energy to do this? So we have about 300 volunteers for which we're extremely grateful because without those volunteers, we couldn't have those friendships. Uh, Volunteers are the backbone of those friendships, but we definitely need about 50 more befrienders. And the time commitment is not great. It's about half an hour to an hour at a time that suits the volunteer on a day that suits the volunteer either fortnightly or weekly. So you can just replace watching another episode of Pointless with going to visit somebody near you. It's it's not a huge commitment. Um, But yeah, that's about what we would need to meet the people's needs across the city. 
Um, we match people almost a bit like a dating agency by their hobbies, their interests, their personality and their location and what they've asked for. So it is about creating genuine friendship that's positive for both parties. So it shouldn't feel like a chore to go and volunteer. It, sh- it should be really quite uplifting. As you said, many people are digitally excluded because they can't get online. So how do they find out about what you do? I know you have a very good representation on Facebook, don't you? Um, Most people get referred in by the hospital or their local GP practice. So anybody can refer someone in. Indeed, we've had family members from Australia contact us and say, my aunt is living in Coventry alone etc but the majority of the time they get identified by the medical services. So how can volunteers or potential volunteers get in touch with you and also how can people who want to refer a family member or people even refer themselves? Sure so um, the first step to get involved in volunteering is to join an information session and we hold those once or twice a week every week across the city and online at different times so there should be a session near you um, and we have a web link for that it's tinyurl.com slash gn info session so that has all of the details of where we'll be to find out more Um, you can also email in or phone us or text us or write i suppose if you really want to goodneighbors at hopecoventry.org.uk or 07563 902 904 on our main Hope Coventry webpage, we do have a referral form that people can use, but they can also phone or email for us to get the ball rolling with regards to starting as well. I know you're looking for people who can speak another language as well, because Coventry is a very diverse city. Yes, so we're often looking for people who speak Punjabi or Gujarati. Um, We frequently need people who speak Italian as well because there was a significant migration wave of people after the Second World War from Italy to Coventry. Um, But we do need a variety of languages. Arabic comes up, uh, Portuguese comes up. So anyone who speaks any second language would be extremely welcome to join. Um, For instance, last week I had an email asking for a Tamil speaker So we do want to meet the needs of all older people in Coventry, especially those who are very lonely because they can't go and make friends at a coffee morning because they don't really speak very much English. What difference do you think this project makes? So we ask older people and befrienders that very question on a fairly frequent basis and they tell us it's life-saving. We know on a practical level it's been life-saving as well because having a befriender means it's somebody checking in on the person and they have contacted us to say something isn't right and we've had to get the ambulance out for people because they've fallen over or they're having a serious medical issue and it has saved their lives in a physical way but people have said also for their own well-being it's transformed their lives they feel like they matter that they have purpose again and that life is worth living. I'm now with Lynn who's been with Good Neighbours for three years. Hello Lynn. Hello. Hi Gail. How has Good Neighbours helped you? It's been tremendous, actually. And I actually I got involved with Age UK, in actual fact, on my mum's behalf, which is strange because she lives in Scarborough and I couldn't find their number. So I phoned Coventry Age UK 
explain my situation and the mum's situation. Got that number for Scarborough number. And she said, you do realise you could get some help from us in your own right. So that's how I got in touch with Age UK, which is why, which is why I wanted to tell you that little bit before going on about uh, the good neighbours, which has been an absolute godsend to me. Um, I suffer with mental health issues and anxiety, including anxiety and depression. Having Susan come to see me from Good Neighbours has been an absolute lifeline because it gives me a focus. And I know that apart from, I mean, although we've become good friends, it's it was nice to have somebody new to talk to because my friends have obviously heard different things about me previously and you can only say so much. But to get to know Susan, it was it was an outsider, but it was on my terms, which made me feel a lot easier rather than going out to meet somebody. Susan came to my house and... Like I say, it was just a focus. It was nice. We had, we were introduced because we both have a farming background. And that was the, the first connection. And Good Neighbours is very keen to match people so that you have the same interests. Yes. Um, like I say, the farming background was the initial one that we got matched upon. But we are very similar in personalities. We're quite outgoing once we get to know somebody you know, we do like music and different things. Obviously, I mean, Susan, as you'll find out, as you know, is American. So, and she came over to England because of her husband and things like that, I suppose. Um, but uh, like I say, Jackie, who arranged all the, the good neighbours thing for me, she thought we would get on. And she said within 10 minutes of us, of her be, us being together, she knew we would be. So it was nice. You know, she, she actually left us on that first meeting, which she doesn't normally do, because she knew we would get on so well and we have and so have you become friends yes we have yes this. we've actually been discussing this just recently because I mean I can't really do much physically for Susan because of my physical situation so I as much as I tell her I appreciate what she does for me with different things I mean she's been to like Aldi for me if I can't get out for whatever reason if my anxiety is you know, just picking up some milk or whatever just little bits like that and taking things to a tip for me or to a, a charity shop because I can't get them from A to B. She's done that for me. So that helped my mental health within the house so I can do things that I am physically able to do on my own, which if I if I hadn't got Susan, I wouldn't be able to do that because it, everything would just overwhelm me. So, like I say, she's been an absolute godsend to me. And do you think people who are obviously out at work all day, so you, they have an interaction at work, don't quite understand what it's like when, as you said, you have a disability, so you can't go out to work, and you're at home on your own in the evenings as well? Yeah, I think it makes a, a big difference. It's, I mean, like I say, when, when Susan comes to see me, because she works, she's got something different, different to focus on in her day, but when she comes and tells me about different things that she's been doing, it's nice and even though I don't actually go out too far, we have actually got a lot, to, a lot of things to talk about. We have, we have some real laughs. Was it difficult for you to ask for help? Because some people might feel not exactly ashamed, but reluctant to ask for help, to say they feel a bit lonely. It's always been very, very hard for me to ask for help, to be honest. I mean, because I've always got on with things, you know, with my life because of my disability. I've had to manage the way any way I could um, it was only when I started to get the anxiety and the depression that things got really bad for me and I went down a real dark hole 
alcohol abuse, the whole lot. And it was actually a student nurse that got me my first initial mental health help. She, she just noticed I wasn't myself one day. And that's how she did that. That was going back 12, 13 years ago. And it's been the best thing ever. Although I still struggle, but it's nowhere near as bad as it was. So, What would you say to people who are feeling a little lonely, who are, are on their own and would like someone to chat to, even if it's just for an hour or so a week? Yeah, which, which like I say, that's all it is. It's an hour and a half to two hours, basically, Susan and I have. And we text now. Like I said, we have become good friends. It's brilliant. Um, I would say get in touch with either your GP or Age UK, who put me onto the Good Neighbours Befriender service. And you won't look back because it is, honestly, it's an absolute lifeline to me. And with us is Susan, who is your befriender. Susan, what made you get involved? So I started with uh, Good Neighbours uh, during the pandemic. And at that time, um, I was basically, prior to the pandemic, I was working mostly in, in London. Um, and I really wanted to get to know Coventry a little bit more and I wanted to be connected to people. I wanted to be connected to the Coventry communities and I just wanted to meet other people in Coventry. So this was a good way of helping somebody, but also it actually helps you. Yes, I really liked the model of good neighbours because, again, the kind of ethos was about sort of just being neighbourly and getting to know one another. And there were a lot of areas in Coventry, a lot of people that I didn't know and I just really liked the the idea of it and so I, I got in touch with him. And I understand that Good Neighbours matches people with similar interests so what is it that you and Lynn have in common that you talk about? So it was interesting on my application I said that I had a medical background and uh, and that I also really liked animals and I think I might have said gardening because I started getting into gardening during the pandemic and they said well Lynn is definitely not into gardening, but she is into um, animals and she'd be happy to talk to you about, uh, you know, because I had a medical background. Um, she's also had, through her own like life experience, she's had medical issues. And so I think that that also put us at ease talking about, you know, our different experiences there. What was interesting then is they said she was interested in darts and football and this was something that I knew very little about. And actually through Lynn, I've learned more about darts and football, uh, but also other sports that I actually would have not known anything about. And now I really um, love and enjoy that part because Lynn always, always has something to teach me uh, about those. So, yeah. And you're an American, so I guess things like darts and football are quite alien to you or were quite alien to you. Yes, yes, very much so. She doesn't make sarcastic remarks but she would say like you know the way Americans talk about soccer um, but also darts wouldn't be sort of really a sport you know in American so just for me it was a little bit peculiar but I sort of said you know apart from throwing these pegs at a, like how what are the tactics here but it, it's actually just really rich because you get to know the personalities and the people that do this and you know there's a whole uh I don't want to say a subculture, but there's there's just so many interesting aspects to it. And so, yeah, it's just been a huge learning journey, but it's been quite fun. Um, and now I find myself, you know, texting Lynn on a Friday and saying, who's playing this weekend? Or is there's one um, darts player named Snakebite that always has interesting hairdos. And I find that, and, and I sort of say, oh, what does Snakebite's uh, 
uh, mohawk look like you know this this week um and so it's just yeah it's just kind of a bit of fun but it's also really interesting to to be part of somebody else's world who's interested in that and many people might be put off because they'll feel that they have to spend a lot of time with the person they've befriended but in your case it's just once a week for what an hour an hour and a half yeah yeah I mean I go by on a Friday evening and I and what's really great with uh Lynn and I is I think you know we're able to kind of negotiate that and then we let good neighbors know because my work schedule I'm between London and Coventry and then it can be um you know, quite hectic during the day. So Lynn has helpfully said, actually, yeah, six o'clock is okay with me. And so um, our current arrangement is on uh, Friday at 6 p.m. And I I just really look forward to that because, you know, she'll have the kettle on and, and I'll be sort of thinking about this week and the weekend and, you know, sort of talk about what, what each of us have been up to. And it's just it's just a great way to just kind of kind of decompress, but also hear about what else is going on in somebody else's life. What would you say to someone who's thinking about volunteering for Good Neighbours? I haven't met any of the other volunteers, but for me personally, it's been one of the most rich and rewarding experiences. I mean, not just learning about Coventry and learning about Lynn. I've I've enjoyed it so much, not just the friendship that I've made with Lynn and, and the experience through Good Neighbours, but it has definitely exceeded my expectations because I went around thinking, that might be a little bit interesting, but I also realize how much how much richer and how much more fulfilling my life is having somebody like Lynn in it. And um, I had initially went to sort of give back, if you like, but I, I think through the friendships you discover it's much more of a sort of a two-way street and you realize how much others give to you. And um, Lynn is so, you know, it's it's just going to her place on a Friday and having somebody welcome you and make you feel important and make you feel that, um, you know, your time is valuable. That's just a lovely thing to be able to sort of share with another person and have somebody make you feel good, I guess. I guess, so I think in a way we we make each other feel good. And um, I wasn't expecting to get anything in return, but it's been the friendship with Lynn and the experience through Good Neighbors has been so rewarding that it's, it's just such a lovely mutual thing. Yeah. Susan, Lynn, thank you very much. You've been listening to From the Midlands, a Whirlwind production. If you've enjoyed listening and would like to sponsor this series of podcasts, details are available on our website at fromthemidlands.co.uk.